Welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations, a podcast where I have intimate conversations with women of color on my couch. Today, we'll be talking about wellness, unleashing your power, and um, give advice to someone who's looking to boost their confidence in the Keep It Real corner today at the end of the episode, like we always do. I'm your host, Jasmine W., and I have a very special guest this episode. She started her professional career in advertising and brand management, but began to explore wellness after the loss of her mother. Through her commitment toward healing herself, she soon learned to appreciate her intuitive gifts and has passed down this wisdom to so many others. In 2017, she started Luminous Minds, a wellness space that supports Black women and people of color with access to holistic wellness resources in their community. Most recently, she launched Izelia Phoenix, an energy-based creative studio that explores healing from a creative lens. Welcome my friend and LA native, Marissa Hines Thompson. Hello, hello. Hey girl. I love this intro. It (laughs) is just so affirming and yeah. Yes, like, you know what? When people come on on my podcast, they're like, wow, that intro. I'm like, that is you. Yeah, it's just when you hear it from someone else, it just puts things in perspective. You're like, wow, I did that? I did that? You did that. They say she did that. I used to say that all the time. Um, Okay, y'all. Well, before we get started, make sure you visit Luminous Minds LA, luminousmindsla.com, and Azalea Phoenix. It's I-Z-E-L-L-A phoenix.com. If you don't know how to spell Phoenix, then that ain't my problem. Um, And it's Azalea Phoenix, right? It's actually Izella Phoenix. Izella Phoenix. Okay, sorry. Um, Izella Phoenix. Why did you choose that name? Well, Izella is my middle name. Um, it yeah, it's my middle. My name I actually have a long name, just so you know. It's Marissa Izella Florentine Hines Thompson. So my parents just put everybody's ancestral names all in my own name. I feel like your parents classy. <laughs> it sounds classy, right, Izella? But um, Izella basically is my maternal grandmother. Um, it's like a play off her name. And yeah, and so Izella is representative of my maternal side and Phoenix, you know, represents like rebirth, the transformation. So I put those two names together and yeah, Izella Phoenix. I love it. Um, I know some people listening might be like, girl, you better know how to say her, the name of her website before she comes. But I like, I actually kind of like sometimes when people correct me and people think that, you know, it's it's nice because people will remember when they correct you. So it's Izella Phoenix. Okay, so we always start the podcast with a quote of the day from a woman of color um, that we admire. And you know this quote because you chose it, Marissa. And the quote is, when I dare to be powerful, to use my strength in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important whether I am afraid by Audrey Lord. What does this quote mean to you? Well, first, Audre Lorde is just one of those writers who, you know, she was an activist, she was a poet, and I read one of her books a couple years ago, and it just struck me, because she gives language to feelings that you sometimes don't have the words for. Mm. And at the beginning of the year, I basically made this intention that I was going to call in expansive experiences. So I really wanted to challenge myself to basically get out of my comfort zone. And this quote, you know, basically reminds me that I actually have it as my signature. It's like at the bottom because, you know, when you're trying to do things you've never done before, it can be scary. You know, there's sometimes it can feel, it can feel fearful. Um, But, you know, black women just have a way of reminding us of our resilience and our strength. So yeah, that's why I love this quote because I read it all the time, anytime. I'm just a little anxious and in my own way. Yeah, I mean, when I, honestly, when I read this quote, okay, I looked up who um, Audre Lorde was because I didn't know who she was. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, I should look into her a little bit more and read her, read her books. But um, this quote kind of scared me. Because <laughs> Tell me I, why. I, I, I'm kind of like a fearful person, you know, like I will, I think the first step is admitting that, you know, like I'm afraid of what like success looks like, or, you know, I have a lot of fear, a fear around 
you know, around being myself or whatever the case is. So this struck struck me a lot when I read it. It's like, oh, like, you know, it's a service of my vision. You know, when I just believe that I'm powerful, then you have to forget about the fear. Or maybe you can, the more powerful you believe you are, the the easier it is to kind of let that go. So. Yeah, I think fear is, just to be honest, it, that quote scares me too. And that's why I use it because yeah. it, like I have a pattern like of showing, I have a pattern in my past of playing small. I'll just say just, you know, yeah. certain things, you know, in your life that, you know, certain beliefs people have put upon you. And I think as black women, you know, it's easy to play small and assimilate and, and dim our voice. But, you know, if you read any of the work of Audre Lorde and, you know, there's many other people like Toni Morrison, Maya Angelou, yeah. um, those ancestors who really just, be powerful because they know that, I don't know, just being black is such magic. And, you know, not even in the cliche term of like black girl magic, like embodying that, you know, is, you know, that's why sometimes I, I notice people online will see pictures and be like, Oh my God, you look so beautiful. You're glowing. I'm like, yeah, the external is cool, but girl, it was in, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing a mirror of yourself. You're seeing that power that lives within all of us. So yeah, the quote is catalyzing and I love it for that because it kind of like knocks me off my center. Like, girl, get out your own way. Yeah. And you guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can tell a little bit. I mean, the computer doesn't do it justice. But if you listen and you can't tell, but Marissa is so beautiful. There is something like, of course, it's not just something like her face is symmetrical, like she's a beautiful person. <laughs> but there is just something about you that makes you so beautiful to me. Your it's your confidence, it's your glow, it's your it's your um you're very genuine and like authentic. And girl, every time I see you, I'm just like, oh my God, she's just so beautiful. And it's just like a, a natural beauty too, you know, when people don't have to try. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Thank you for that. Uh, I received the compliments. Receive it. <laughs> okay, well, we always start the podcast off with random questions. Um, this is just for, you know, for us to get to know you a little bit more so that, you know, we can just connect with you a little bit more. Plus, it's, it's, it's a good way to get to know people. In the intro, you did mention um, around like healing yourself and the loss of your mother. How has the loss of your mother changed you forever? Mm. Let me just put my heart, my hand on my chest, because it's such a deep, deep question. Mm-hmm. Um, the loss of my mother really shifted my life you know it happened one suddenly like Mm. it was one of those things like she was here on a friday we went to lacma out here in la listened to some jazz music in the summer and then on a monday she was gone um so uh if you if you go on isella phoenix i write a little bit about my healing journey and how that was really my spiritual awakening it really was like, I remember the day she passed and I remember looking at the trees and looking outside and, you know, obviously I was in grief, you know, the first stages of grief, but everything looked different. Like I felt like Mm. colors popped, like there was this new level of awareness that I was gaining and it was hard. (laughs) And I'm I'm describing it and kind of romanticizing it, but I just remember like, I felt like I was in a different timeline. Um, I felt, and basically when my mother passed away, I really, you know, I had already been kind of on this like self-love, like reading, you know, the four agreements and certain like spiritual books, but you know, that is when I really made a commitment toward my healing. And, you know, at the moment grief was like, I was just depressed essentially. So, you know, mental health is one of those things that is very important in my life. Um, And that's when I began to like, I started going to therapy, you know, I joined a grief support group. I was Mm. just seeking, you know, tools, something to help me deal with the heavy emotions. Um, Because, you know, I don't know if any of your listeners or if you are familiar with this, but, you know, I identify as a highly sensitive person. Mm -hmm. I feel things very strongly. Yeah. And you know, it can, it can be something that you can harness and be like a strength, but at the time it felt like a weakness because, you know, but getting back to the question, um, you know, my mother passing away really shifted my 
me as a person, one, because I began healing and I began and it shifted how I was working. You know, I like in the intro, it mentions that I was in advertising. I was doing mm-hmm. brand management, brand management. I was essentially, you know, trying to follow this corporate structure. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that they always tell us to do, like go to college, get a good job, get you some benefits. Right. Um, and you're going to be good. But I think we all know, some of us know that that <laughs> does not serve all of us. So, yeah, you know. I began, you know, getting into spirituality, getting into wellness and yeah, my mother passing away really just made me look at myself more. I wanted to know who I was as a woman, as a person. Um, I began to unlearn a lot of beliefs that I grew mm. up, you know, in the Christian church learning about. Um, it it, it, sh- it kind of pushed me in a way to kind yeah. of grow up, I would say. Yeah. You know, there could be... So- someone listening that has lost a family member or lost a loved one or know somebody like you mentioned going to therapy, you mentioned group therapy out of all the things that you sort of absorbed, you know, in your, during your healing process, what do you think helped the most? Like, is there anything that you felt really like really helped you during that time? You know? Yeah. I'll say there's a couple, it's hard to pick one. Mm. So I'm just going to pick a couple. But one of the things was first getting a therapist, Mm. Um, a one-on-one therapist. I I sought out, and I'll just, I just want to share it with your listeners and anyone watching. I specifically looked for a black woman Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I believe, you know, at the time I wanted somebody to get my cultural experience. I didn't, you know, I wanted somebody I can relate to who can speak my language and having a personal therapist, her name's Barbara. I love her. I still see her today. Um, (laughs) It just helped me just having, I'll be honest with you. When you're going through grief, a lot of times your friends aren't going to understand what you're going through. Some of your family members who are also grieving, they're not going to be emotionally able or emotionally intelligent to take on all of what you're going through and I knew that for myself um so seeing that having a therapist is just you're just talking you just and I was really open with what I was going through and laid it all out um the second thing that helped me was a couple months after my mom passed away I attended this like I don't know what you call it, like a healing woman's circle kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and that was the first time I ever meditated, um, which is funny. That was like 2016. Um, and thinking about all the times I've meditated now, um, that really, meditation is like that one of those spiritual tools that I know it's not for everyone. And some mm-hmm. people have issues being in stillness, but that really connected me to my intuition it kind of helps me recognize what thoughts I was thinking. What are the patterns that are keeping me kind of like in this suffering stage? Because when you're in grief, um, there's this, you're in pain. It's hard, you know? And, you know, I think it's really hard for some people to get out of that. Um, Even for people who I know, like my father, you know, he lost his wife and Mm -hmm. his grieving, his grief is different than mine. But I noticed how he's still stuck in this like, suffering and you know suffering is something that we can get out of but it takes work so yeah I would say for me or anyone going through grief the two things that helped me is one getting a personal therapist and two um meditation Mm, that's great um I second the notion of black female therapist for black women I had a I went to therapy for two years and I specifically wanted a black woman as well and you know you hear some black people be like oh well I don't want any of her biases like I don't want a black woman because I don't want her girl a black female therapy was the best decision Mm -hmm. she was you know they have to be good yeah of course they don't just because they're black doesn't mean they're going to like suddenly get your experience. Like another right. thing with a therapist is you got to have a certain chemistry, you know, yes. it's like, it's like a relationship. You're sharing all these things. And if someone, you know, if someone doesn't get you, they don't get you whether they're yeah. black or not. But yeah, having a black therapist, specifically female for me was like game changer. Mm, that's good advice right there. Um, okay. Well, the quote that we, um, that we touched on today, it says, you know, when I, it starts with, I, when I dare to be powerful, when did you realize you had power and whatever power means to you? 
to be honest, it took a long time for me to really connect with this. And I feel like the past year is when I really stepped into that even more. Um, you know, like I shared earlier, like meditation, you know, when I think of power, I think of the divine, I think of spirit, I think of something that's ethereal that can't really be explained, like, mm. you know, with words or on this earth. So it's a, it's a divineness. It's in, you know, some people call it the intuition. Some people call it the Holy Spirit, spirit, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I know that lives within me. And, you know, so when I, going back to your question, when did I notice that I was powerful? I first noticed it in others to be honest. Um, if you're familiar with mirror, like a mirror, you know, yeah. when you look at a mirror, you see some, you see yourself in another person. And I remember when I would follow certain like, you know, spiritual people or people who I just really resonated with, I saw this power within them. And I was just like, oh my God, how do I get that? My, you know, I saw it and I knew, I, now I know that I saw something in them that also lives within me, but it yeah. took me a long time to uncover that because there were certain unconscious beliefs that I held that stopped me from seeing that power. Oof. Snap, snap. Ooh, snap, let snap. Drink, let me drink some water. <laughs> Girl, hydrate. Hydrate yourself because that's a word. It's, 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 it's so deep and it's so subtle. Um, and I love working with subtle energy in that way. You know, I'm an energy healer and an energy worker. Um, but yeah, you know, when I first noticed I was powerful. I first noticed it in someone else. I know I noticed like, oh, these women are even when people love Beyonce. Yeah. Like people love Beyonce. And you know, but part of you wants to see that in yourself. Like yeah. low key, low key. Um That's true. Anybody who would deny that is lying because there's a part of you when you see how hard she's working, like, damn, to me you're in the wrong space if you think I can never do that or I can never work hard like that. That's a limiting belief that I, I I have a boundary over that. Like, right. I am not. So, you know, but I'll also say being in your power is a practice. You mm. know, like I said, you know, a lot of us are still working with unconscious beliefs. Me, myself am too. And it's a practice. It's me, you know, like I said, at the beginning of the year, I want expansive experiences. I want to be in my power because I don't want to, I want to embody that because I know it's going to lead to my growth. It's going to lead to, you know, success in my, you know, interest in my career. So yeah, yeah. I hope that answers the question. <laughs> it does. Do you think, I have this theory that um, men automatically or most men automatically believe that they are powerful with no doubt in their mind, even if they, I wouldn't say even if they not, but that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> But you're in a relationship, you know, I find that my husband, he's always like, you can do this. You can do more than that. Ask for more. Do ask for, ask for, you know, like these out, he tells me to ask for things that I think are outrageous Mm -hmm. and you're in a relationship. Like, is your partner like that? Like, does he automatically feel powerful? Yes. I mean, it's a thing that, you know, men are like naturally, it's like this masculine thing, this energy of like, yeah. My, 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 my partner, I call he's my boyfriend, but we've been together so long. I just call yeah. him my partner at this point. Um, yeah, he, he does that with me. He's like, Marissa, why don't you so hard on yourself? Why don't you just, and he tries to affirm certain things in me, but yeah, men, you know, we live in a patriarchal society. So men yeah. are already ingrained with this idea that they can, you know, and I know this is not a conversation about white privilege, but white people have this as well. Like, Girl. you know, this thing of like this. Yeah. That entitlement that it's just, yeah. And, and to be honest, it's hard for women specifically, you know, black women and other, you know, Asian, Hispanic, Latinx, whatever. Yeah. You know, they, we all have a hard time with it because, you know, society tells us that we can't, if we are, if, if we, show up in those ways we're a bitch we're conceited we're yes. like bossy it's like not an attractive thing but um no we gotta change the belief around that because it's not true we sure do um i feel like that's that could we could talk a whole hour about just that um <laughs> Okay, my next random question is because me and you, we have these conversations about hair <laughs> all the time because we change our hair a lot, okay? Yes, I love my hair. <laughs> what At what moment did you like love start loving your hair? Ooh, 
these questions be hitting me. Girl. <laughs> because let me tell you, anything I've anything I'm confident in, no, I was not confident. I like I did not have hair confidence growing up. Like yeah. but the moment so I'll just share my hair journey. I'm it's complicated, but you know, a couple maybe two, three years ago, um, as I was, I made, I started telling myself, you have beautiful, gorgeous, curly hair. Mm -hmm. And I did not believe it. (laughs) My hair was dry. My hair was, I didn't even, and this, I I have very um, kinky, you know, if 4C type hair. And I, there's unconscious beliefs within myself at the time that, you know, good hair was a thing and my hair was not that. So yeah. I started affirming that, you know, when I was washing my hair, I was like, get, you know, it's kind of like a self-love, self-care practice. So mm-hmm. I started there and eventually knew once I started taking care of my hair, I'm going to start loving it. And yeah. to be honest, this year, quarantine is like the year I was like, girl, <laughs> you know, because you go through that awkward stage, <laughs> like that awkward, rough, bad hair stage is like rough. It like it, you have those days. I actually did a TikTok video about this a couple of weeks where, and a couple of people had commented. I was like, "What do you? What do I do when my hair is like this? Like it didn't dry all the way or something like that." And a couple of people commented, and they were like, "I literally will cry." And I was like, "I will cry too. I'm I'm a grown ass woman." I will cry because it brings up those feelings you have as a kid when your hair didn't turn out right, you know? All that inner child work, all that, all Ooh. those triggers, all those, let me tell you, I got stories of tragic hair situations. <laughs> so the fact that I am here and able to like wear my Afro, I can like wear my twist out is like, yeah. really, <laughs> if I could get there, let me tell you, everybody could get there because I've been through the weaves. I've been through girl or breaking my hair off I've been through the relaxer like girl I I didn't been through okay I never had a relaxer but why didn't I have good hair until I got to college like if I never had a relaxer I should be walking around here looking like old girl from the Cosby show what's Rudy okay what what did where did my what was my mama doing first of all well you know a lot of we didn't have the tools that we do I now, know. the YouTubes, the tutorials. <sighs> um, but I'm honestly, you know, going back to your question, I started loving my hair once when I first, did, I firmed it myself. I started actually taking care of it, learning yeah. my texture because for a lot of black women, like I didn't know what my curl, my hair looks like underneath, you know, the braids and you know what it was. And, and just so I just share this, I love weaves and I love wigs and I love all playing in my hair, Same. but I also appreciate this, you know, love I have for my own hair because it's, it just, it feels good. You know, I just glow and I just am proud. I'm really proud of myself to get to that point. So yeah, the quarantine really helped me because I was like, you know, no one was doing hair for anyone. So I spent like a good two months um, just doing my hair. Um, and I usually take breaks, like I'll have braids and then for one month and I'll do my natural hair for a month but because it was so long I kind of created a really healthy uh routine for it routine for switching it up yes exactly because you know I get lazy sometimes I'm (laughs) like girl it's it I mean also natural hair is is exhausting it is that's why that's the main reason I wear wigs it's because like it's not because I don't love my hair it's number one my hair likes to be left alone and number two I, I listen I don't have time for this every single day sometimes it's just easier to put your wig cap on and go to sleep exactly <laughs> I mean I have braids now and I'm just like oh what are we doing after this because it's hot in LA and I have no time to be doing some leaving and twisting all night and, the, and sweating no <laughs> I'm not doing it so yeah you gotta one I love my hair but I love playing in it and I just getting in that place is just it's just it becomes more fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, the last random question is um, <laughs> it's from a Beyonce quote. And we've already talked about Beyonce today. So is the best revenge your paper? Because Beyonce says the best revenge is your paper. Is it? And if not, what is the best revenge? The best, I mean, paper can be a nice revenge, but if you're not, if you still kind of I don't know. Revenge is weird. I was actually <laughs> on a call this morning. We were talking about a revenge, but 
So God's revenge can be your paper, but again, we going back to spirituality and what's within, you know, for me, the best revenge is like showing up fully as myself unapologetically, like, mm. bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I felt triggered. I feel like I have somebody in my head right now and I'm like, I, I got the paper, but also <laughs> my mind is right. So my mind is right. Mental health is the best revenge. Facts. My health, Facts. my body. Yes. To be right within, like Erica Badu says. Right. You know what? I think that is the best revenge. I think I was thinking as I was asking you that, I had a feeling you were going to say something similar, but I was like, you know what? For me, the best revenge is not even being bothered by even needing to get revenge. That part. That part. Because when we talk about energy, if you need revenge, there's a part of you emotionally that is still attached to that person. And I'm like, you, that's cool and all, but I don't even need that. I, I just cut the cord. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> love you. Bye. <laughs> love, love you. Love you, sis. Love you, sis. Bye. Not even sis. Not even sis. <laughs> Used to be sis. Not now. Bye. Okay. Oh, my goodness. All right, y'all. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> When we come back, um, we're going to talk about some trending topics, including taking your taking care of yourself during COVID and um, some trending things, you know, like some Instagram comedians and the NBA and all of that. So let's take a break. and We'll be back. Welcome back to Colored Couch Conversations. I'm Jasmine W. And I'm here with Marissa from Luminous Minds. And we're going to talk about some trending topics right now. Um, Marissa, I really wanted to hear from you. With COVID happening and the protests and Black men being found hung from trees and Breonna Taylor and all of this that's happening, you know? Yeah. How are you taking care of yourself during all this? Yeah, it's been a challenge. I mean, I think one of the ways I've definitely been trying to take care of myself is being informed, but recognizing when I need a break. Um, you know, for me, I, I have a, I have boundaries regarding social media and news because, you know, I know I have a tendency to like internalize a lot of that mm. fear, specifically when COVID was first happening. It was like scary, you know, and yeah. we didn't... and with you know things going on with you know police brutality it's like even stronger so definitely taking social media breaks but to be honest I haven't been as good as I usually am because there is like this urge to be informed and to like and there's new stories happening every day which yeah it's hard but I mean I I also like to be in my body you know a lot of times when I'm on social media I'm like I just feel tension and I'm like, oh my God, my back hurt. I've been hunched over. <laughs> so, you know, exercise and movement is really big for me. So, you know, I have a, a home yoga practice where, you know, I'm always trying to stretch and kind of like, I always use anything as like a spiritual tool. So I'm like, you know, when I'm feeling tense, I know I've like taken on too many, too much energy that's not mine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, stretching, dancing. I love to dance. Like I'll take dance classes online mm. right now. Um, you take dance classes online? Well, yeah, because of COVID, you know, we can't go to any like studio. Well, I guess LA is actually opening up, opening up now. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, teachers who do like Zoom classes. Yeah. Um, or yeah, video classes. I follow a couple of them. So they're fun. Yeah. If you have like, a space at home to do that. Yeah, girl, that sounds to me better than doing it in a classroom. <laughs> I know, because you don't have all the eyes looking at you. Exactly. So. Um, but yeah, I, I working out, taking social media breaks, you know, I definitely, you know, am really, also, just to be honest, like, I have, I have every day, every morning I wake up, I'm usually chanting or meditating, so, you know, and at night, I'm sometimes, you know, having like a grounding practice where I can't, where I'm really intentional about what the things I'm taking in and, you know, you know, cause I'm sure, you know, like reading about, there's so much trauma 
in the news right now. Black death, black trauma is bring is triggering things within me, within Mm -hmm. my ancestors that you know is still working on being healed. So it's tough because it's everywhere. Um, and I want to be informed and I want to show up, but, um, yeah, take, I, I I have my tools like meditation, working my, moving my body and things like that. You know, I was watching, um, YouTube and there is this young guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him. If you haven't, I'll send you a video, but there's this guy, his name is young Pharaoh. Okay, so you haven't heard of him. Okay, so he is sort of, he kind of breaks down all of these theories he ha- theories that he has. Some people would call it conspiracy theories. Um, he talks about Trump and he, has, he says he's not a Trump supporter, but he does support a lot of the things that he's doing because he believes in the deep state and draining the swamp. Anyway, one thing that he said on one of his videos that I hadn't had a chance to look into, but I wanted to ask you if you knew about is um, he was talking about how our bodies have energy. He was talking about like concrete and different man-made materials like rubber stop the conduct the, like the conduction of energy within your body or whatever. So he was talking about the benefits of getting out into like nature and walking on grass and hugging trees. Yes. Have you ever like have you ever hugged a tree? Girl, I don't oh I'm not like a tree hugger, but I kinda am. Um <laughs> I will say that I didn't mention that, but I have going outside has helped me during COVID. It just I I do believe connecting with nature is just so soothing to mm-hmm. one, my nervous system, which you know, when you're feeling tension and when you're feeling overwhelmed, just being outside, one, getting sun, two, yeah. just Feeling my feet in the grass, like yeah. at the park, is just oof. It feels so good. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I don't know who Young Pharaoh is, but yeah, um, I do agree that you know we are in, we do have energy bodies, and um, you know if we know about energy, energy lives within all things. So yeah, connecting to nature, you can really pick up on like that just divine ethereal energy that's already you know out there. So. Yeah, and this is not like you have to guys have to look up Young Pharaoh yourself, but it's less about him and more about the fact that I learned that. Um, and I did put my feet in the grass. I felt I felt better afterwards actually. But I felt dumb. You know, you take your shoes off at the park and you're like, What what is, is somebody gonna call the police on me? <laughs> what is she doing? I know. What well, also connects you to like that child part of you, like kids do that. You yes. know, like they go out, they don't care about what people are saying and it you know I remember playing in the grass like just rolling in the grass as a kid being all itchy afterwards (laughs) um but no I love like one of my favorite places in the world is Kauai and um oh my god that island is gorgeous and it's just if anyone I mean Hawaii all beaches of Hawaii but Kauai specifically like the water like the lushness it's just it feeds me essentially so yeah, I love nature. I love going to the park and yeah, getting that kind of medicine. Okay, so next, you know, we talk about your intuitive gifts that you pass down. Uh, tell us a little bit about how your work can help during this time, whether it's mental, physical. You know, I've been on your Zoom, your meditation Zooms. I've been to some of your events in person. Um, how can your work help us? Like, how does it help the community? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, my work is one, it's, you know, providing specifically Black people with holistic wellness resources. And when we're talking about holistic, we're talking about the mind, body, and the soul. So anything that I'm sharing can help support that. And I think during this time, it's really important to, you know, nurture ourselves. So in terms of my work, um, you know, any meditation I'm doing, anytime I'm taking a one-on-one client, um, what I've been recognizing, and I'll share a little bit of what people have been sharing with me, is that, mm-hmm. um, and I, I said this earlier in the podcast because I felt it myself, is that we're taking on so much energy. We're taking on energy from, you know, social media. We have these unconscious programs, these unconscious beliefs, these patterns that we don't want to work with. And when I'm speaking with people, I had a client last week, and she was like, how do you shift energy? You know, you know, I have this awareness. I know that I feel this way. I know I'm feeling shitty. How do I shift that? Mm. And what, like, I, what I am really doing is I'm helping people feel. 
you know, a lot of us don't know how to feel what we're feeling. Whew, that is a fact. Like we are, you know, there's certain patterns we have. Like for me in the past, I used to suppress my feelings. As a child, I would never, you know, people never validated that it was okay for me. You know, a lot of our parents, you know, you're crying, you're saying, you're telling them to shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, you're it. So I, my work can, is really rooted in helping people, one, feel their feelings. And I think of feelings as energy because I think that's a, a little easier for people to kind of work with. Yeah, I really help people feel their, one, feel their feelings, recognize what they're feeling and release it. And I always do that through the breath. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I believe our breath is our life force energy. You know, obviously in meditation and breath work, um, it's a way to, it's a tool. I think of the breath as a tool to help release um just any energy that's not for you, you know, like for any of my clients, I always share with them. uh, My intention is to serve, is to help support your highest good. And for me, your highest good is not this heaviness, not, not these extra shit, because, you know, when you take all those things away, you know, you feel lighter. I mean, for example, why do you think when you go on vacation, when you ain't got any of that other energy of work, family, friends, other people, you feel so peaceful. It's because your energy has like shifted, but you know, a lot of times we have to go somewhere else to do that. My challenge for my clients and anyone that I'm working with is like, you can do that with, for yourself at any moment. It just takes practice. Right. Um, so yeah, in terms of my work, you know, I really, it can really help people right now to kind of feel what they're feeling. And I know right now is it's challenging because what we're feeling is anger and rage. And some of us are disconnected from it. And some of us are really in it mm. uh, protesting and are, are, are waking up essentially um, to things that we know have always existed, but we really want to take a stand. Um, I believe we can take a stand, but I also believe we have the tools to help support us so we don't burn out. Right. You know, um, So yeah, I hope that answered your question. (laughs) Yeah. I think burnout too is really important, just like with any other work, you know, that you talk about burnout in corporate, but you can burn out um, with giving energy to anything, you know, so. Set an intention. Always first set that intention of first, you know, what are you trying to feel? What do you, and for a lot of people that's hard because we're, we know what we don't want, but we don't know what we do want. Yeah. And that's always the question we're trying to answer. And for my clients, I'm always, you know, there's different tools. There's many ways to do that. Creative visualization is a beautiful one. So if you, you know, have any like meditation apps, there's usually probably some creative visualization things that help you use your imagination to like connect to, you know, what you do want because, you know, yeah. Do you use a meditation app? Do you have one that you use or? Yeah, I do. I use um, Insight Timer. Um, which is a meditation app. I don't, to be honest, I only use that app because they can cut, you can customize, they have like guided meditations, but they Mm -hmm. also have, um, you can just set a timer. You can create your own like little like bell or like sound you want to use for it. So it's like a customized meditation you can create, but yeah, I use that Instagram timer. While we're talking about protests and everything, I wanted to ask you um, your opinion about the NBA. So players like Kyrie Irving have publicly disagreed with the season's plan to return uh, this fall for many reasons. Um, Kyrie Irving specifically, he doesn't agree with, you know, starting the season in Orlando, Florida, because he's like, I don't support that state. They're racist, whatever. And a lot of people think that the NBA season shouldn't start because it is a distraction to the movement, to everything that's happening. He feels like they kind of are saying with NBA people are going to be focused on that it's playoffs it gets so much attention so much press it will be an opportunity for everybody to ignore or forget about what's happening and focus on that you know what's your point of view on that I mean my point of view is on I I I tend to agree a bit regarding it should not start it's to be honest there was a part of me that was excited when I heard it was going to start and I was like oh my god basketball's back I missed that and who doesn't want to just like escape from everything that's going on in the world and like focus on that. Mm-hmm. But because I know how important right now is, and I don't really want to make this, like, I don't want this to be like 2016 when we were all protesting mm. and, and things went back to the way they were. This feels different. And I know a lot of people have shared that. And I just feel like, 
I'm happy that he spoke up and I know that he, I'm sure he's not the only one who feels that way. Mm. Um, we're not going back to the okie doke. Like, and I think what's interesting is like basketball, like we have all these black players who um, are so essential to the sport, to the popularity. So for them to take a stand and be like, we ain't, we ain't doing that. Yeah. I think big for, that's a big, that's like kind of radical, you know? Yeah. So I, 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 I agree. I agree. I, I think it is a distraction because I know, um, yeah, people want that escape. And I think it's, you know, we, I love sports and I think it, it does help with some of the toughness, but I think we still have to address some things that are going on before we move on to that. You were talking about the fact that, you know, the NBA is predominantly black guys who play. And I hadn't even really thought about that till now. It's like, yeah, these guys get paid to stay in shape. You know, they get pe- play, they get paid to play. But I know every single black man right now is under some sort of stress with everything that's going on. You know, it's like, I think that we have to listen when they say, we're not, no, this is not a good time. Or, you know, we're not ready or we shouldn't be ready because that is them asking to be heard. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's one thing I didn't even think about till now. So I agree. Okay. Well, the last trending topic here is I wanted to ask you this girl, because you're an entrepreneur. Um, A female Instagram comedian came under fire recently because she said as an entrepreneur, she only wants to date a fellow entrepreneur. I also had a couple of people on Twitter and stuff that I was reading. They were like, oh, every entrepreneur feels this way or what's wrong with what she said and stuff like that. So I guess I, you know, that's her preference, which is fine. But I guess I wanted to know from you is, do you want to date an entrepreneur? Is that your ideal match (laughs) as an entrepreneur yourself? Uh, No, not for me, to be (laughs) honest. I mean, uh, you know, like, like you mentioned, like everyone has their preference. So if that's what she wants, good for her. Mm. Um, but in terms, you know, no, I, you know, my partner has a nine to five and I appreciate that stability. <laughs> okay. um, and to be honest, for some people it works. Like for me, it works because, you know, in my part, we've been together for a long time and, you know, it's kind of nice having that like, okay, you have the nine to five, you, your, your career is a little bit more stable whereas I'm able to explore and, um, you know, take certain risks that kind of serve my career. So I think, you know, it's a matter of one, you know, what works for you. I think for everyone, it's different. Um, But I think this idea that entrepreneurs only want to date entrepreneurs is one, a false narrative that is not true. Um, And I think there's just entrepreneur Twitter always got something to say. Like, <laughs> can we just be honest? They always trying to act like we all in some same boat. Like we all different. Like I'm trying to do all this group think. I ain't with that. Okay. Say that again. Yeah. I'm not with the group think. And we all like on the same page, like, especially like these social media entrepreneurs. I'm like, okay. Okay. If that's what you like, cool. You, you, you stay up with your entrepreneur boo. <laughs> okay. But, um, no, I, again, I don't agree for me. No. That was so funny too, when that came out, because I, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. My husband has a nine to five and I need his benefits. Okay. Like, I don't understand what you talking about. <laughs> I don't, this is ex- the benefits you gotta like, who is having the medical insurance? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Right? We all doing a self-employed medical note. We need the, <laughs> the company one. We need that one. No, it's hilarious. I don't think there's also like entrepreneurship on Twitter or like social media. Sometimes it's like glamorized yeah. um, in such a way that it's just like, we all ballers out here trying to be yes. ballers. Like I get it. Like, but no, that's not the truth. And yeah, it's 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 true for some, but not all. Exactly, exactly. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to step into the Keep It Real corner. And y'all know what it is. This, um, this episode, we're actually going to give advice to someone um, who just wants tips on how to be confident. So we'll be right back.
Hey y'all, welcome back to Color Couch Conversations. We are now in the Keep It Real corner. Um, somebody sent me this on TikTok, Marissa. I actually get this question a lot on TikTok. Um, but they said, I want to have the confidence that you have. What are your tips on being a confident person or being a confident woman? What would you what would you say for them? I mean, it's simple, yet it's not to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, when I'm working with, I'm gonna go from like, when I'm, if I was speaking to a client and I was like, Hey, like, you know, I want to be confident. I would first, uh, ask them what is stopping you from being confident? Because mm. usually, you know, there's some type of unconscious belief that you may be aware of, or you may be not aware of that is stopping you from seeing yourself as a confident person. So I would start there. Um, and then once you recognize, you know, did somebody tell you this? Did you pick this up from society? Because, you know, if you're a black woman, you know, they, that, that's how they, they don't see you as a confident, or if they do see you as confident, they think it's a problem. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it, you have to kind of get deeper into, you know, this is where I like to do the inner work. You know, what, it, what, what's going on within what's stopping you? Um, and then how can you affirm that in yourself? And, you know, for each person is differently. Um, you know, personally for me, I had a lot of self-worth issues growing up. And um, I remember when I was in middle school, this girl told me once, cause you know, there's times I was more self-confident than other times yeah. growing up. And middle school is such a, a, a yucky time. For, right. <laughs> think about it too like girl you was not in your power you was trying though um, but I remember when I was in middle school um this girl was like oh my god I thought you were conceited but you were actually all nice and I was like okay um but I internalized that at the time that the way I was showing up was making people think that I was conceited which to me thought I thought I was better than other people mm-hmm. so I started like being in a ball and kind of like playing small. Like I'm already short and tiny already, but I was already like, as a, you know, I was, cause I wanted to make friends. I was like, yeah. Oh my God, I want to, you know, a tribe of girls. So, you know, and I, I'll say with confidence, uh, it's a lot of inner child work, which is why I kind of like went back to when I was in middle school, because a lot of the times when we're children, there may be a situation, that one thing, or maybe a couple of things that happened that made you think that you couldn't show up fully as yourself. So in terms of, you know, going back to your question, how can you be a a confident person? One, recognize where that comes from, kind of like look at, you know, situations in your past. Um, But two, it's a practice, you know, I don't feel like this all the time. Yeah. Um, You know, I, you know, first I I love working out my body because not because for vanity reasons, but really for health. And, you know, when I do that, I feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to find what feels good for you. And when you continue to do that, um, and again, I'm always going to say, you have to affirm that in yourself if no one's affirming that for you. Um, So, yeah. 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 Also, one last thing. I think it's funny with confidence. Do you ever like look back? I don't. Okay, for one, I don't know if you got self confidence issues because you seem like you always been good. <laughs> but I have definitely not always been good, girl. Well, do you ever look back at old pictures of yourself and you look you and you? So I look at old pictures of myself when I didn't have confidence, and I'm like, girl, you was a baddie. Like, what? Like, I think about and I remember like. I, I was in a mentality where I really wasn't loving myself or feeling like that. And yeah. then I look at old pictures, you know, sometimes you're a little skittier, a little like, you know, younger. Like, yeah, you're younger. And you're like, I was not loving myself. Like I look so gorgeous. So I, I, once I recognized that I was like, okay, I'm not doing this in my thirties. I'm about to love all, all on myself. So when I'm in my forties and fifties, I was like, girl, you was loving yourself and you looked bomb. So yes, shout out to me. Shout out to you. You know what? It's so funny that you (laughs) you say that because when I look back on the times where I didn't feel confident, wow, it's almost something you don't even want to say out loud. But when I look back to the times where I wasn't confident, I see why I wasn't. I didn't I don't see myself as being like, oh, girl, you were so cute. I think, girl, you were funny looking like you were missing those teeth on the side. Uh, It could be that. 
I've like done a lot of work to figure out, you know, why I was so insecure as a, a middle schooler, which is really where it happened for me, you know? Um, I was this very confident elementary schooler, very confident. Then in middle school, it shifted. Like everybody got boobs, everybody gained, like everybody got fined. Uh-huh. And I had like eight teeth pulled out and no boobs. <laughs> Going through it. Going, going through, through it. it. So, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, you know, as, as I, I get older, older I, look I look back on, on you know, pictures of once I started to um, be more comfortable in my own skin in high school, then I say, oh, girl, you were popping. And I, I thought I was, you know. Um, but, girl, when I look back at middle school, I'm like, ugh. No, those middle school, I, I'm not looking back at middle school pictures. <laughs> I, I figured I was still beautiful, but I was like... Didn't know how to do my hair, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, yeah. Confidence, like, is a practice. You kind of, it's like inner work. You got to, like, really commit to it, you know? Yes, you have to commit to it, and it takes time. So I hope that helps. That was really good advice. Um, Marissa, I loved having you so much on the podcast. Please tell everybody, you know, how they can keep up with you. Like, what is something you want us to know you're working on right now? Yeah, all of it. Yeah, so um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram handle is Rissa Love Rose, um, R-I-S-S-L-O-V-R-O-S-E. Um, I also have Luminous Minds LA on Instagram and Izella Phoenix on Instagram. Um, and you can link, you can find my websites through my social channels. And I guess what I'm working on right now is I'm really focusing on Izella Phoenix. That's like my creative baby where I'm really trying to push myself to really explore that creative uh, side of me. So you can look forward to just different like wellness resources, meditations uh, and such. Yeah, I'm there. And I really, really recommend y'all go to Luminous Minds. Um, if you're in LA, go to Izelia if you're not in L if you're not in LA because Luminous Minds has so many events that are wonderful. Almost like I don't want to say weekly because I don't want to hold you to that, but bi-weekly things that you can do. You know, you can connect with Marissa even if it's online. Um, like I said, I've been to her events and they just they're always wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. It was lovely being here. I appreciate it and I appreciate you. Good. Okay. Well, y'all listen, rate review and subscribe on the platform you're listening to right now and if you love colored couch conversations make sure to tell somebody about the show okay don't be selfish you can follow (laughs) pass it on you can follow us on instagram at colored couch conversations i will also be sharing you know whenever i have guests i share their information on my page as well and i'm always sharing their updates on my stories and stuff like that if you want to watch the show you can watch the show on my youtube that's comedian jasmine w on youtube spelled j-a-z-m-y and thanks to my dad making it difficult for y'all. Um, and we'll see you next week. Bye.